This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, June 7th. This is episode 295. My name is Dan Ellis, coming to you from Salt Lake City on a very rainy Sunday morning with one of my fabulous co-hosts. It's Cunt Knuckles oh. himself. <laughs> Mr. Yes. Mr. Ryan Duffy, how are you? I'm doing good. I haven't, I haven't fucked. Well, no, I did fuck my hand up this week. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I pinched it. Yeah. What'd you do? This time it wasn't a knuckle. It was my palm. Oh. So I was changing out a bit on my lathe and my drill chuck. And when I was, I tightened it up really hard and I was trying to get it untightened. Uh, my my little bit of meat in the palm of my hand got caught in there in the little gear and as I was turning it and yeah Oof. pinched it real good. Ouch! I'm sorry. Now you might say, "Why weren't you wearing gloves, Ryan?" Yeah, that's a good question, Dan. <laughs> it's actually very dangerous to wear gloves while working on a lathe. Oh yeah, because if the glove gets caught on anything, your hand's being taken into the whole spinning lathe. Yeah. Versus, so, yeah, and so without that's a, actually like n- number one rule: don't wear gloves while working with the lathe. And now the dogs are barking. We start recording, and the dogs start barking. I don't know if you can hear them. I cannot. It's good. It's <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that you hurt yourself. I hadn't really thought about not wearing gloves while working on a lathe. Yeah, it's actually I found out like that's one of the biggest no nos. Do not wear gloves hmm. because, yeah, it's not good. Because it could just suck your whole arm into there. That's interesting. Yeah. And so if you're yeah. if you're not wearing gloves, then well, then you just run the risk of you know rather than having your whole hand or whatever dragged into the lathe, just that it would just getting a cut. Yeah, a cut or just degloving whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, my my finger's less likely to to snag on something. Yeah. Or if it's fabric and it snags on it, you can really pull it. Like I have no problem. Like when I'm turning, I can put my hand right on the piece I'm turning while it's moving. Mm-hmm. It kind of like feel on top of like feel a little ridges and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I was wearing gloves and there's a small little splinter or something, instead of me getting a little splinter in my finger, if to grab the glove, it pulls my hand in, you know, that could be a lot worse. Mm. Yeah. That would suck there yeah yeah I've, I've i've seen pictures and heard horror stories from people who have who have degloved fingers while they're doing yeah, I've various only, things I've only, I've only worked one call where someone degloved their finger oh really it was actually a lady who had her wedding ring on and it was in a c-130 hanger and she was going to step out of the c-130 that they're working on and she forgot that the steps were gone so she thought she was going to take a normal step, but it's one that's under like being deconstructed and getting all the panels fixed on it. Mm-hmm. 
so she stumbled out and she went to go grab onto the door. Well, most all the sheet metal's taken off the aircraft on the inside. There's nothing there. And she went to go grab a hold and her ring caught a piece of metal as she fell and just. God, that's making my balls creep up into my stomach. (laughs) Oh yeah. The ring came, ring came off and it turned her the skin on her finger inside out. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard similar things. Uh, there was, there was once in high school, you know, the, in, in long hallways, they'll have, uh, double doors that they can close and it's yeah it's for you know directing traffic and also for uh fire, fire. yeah so yeah. that it isolating yeah yeah isolating different sections of the building so that the fire can't travel as easily and yeah you know a, a lot of the time on the double doors they've got the the bars across that you push to release the latch yeah, the, the, the panic bar yeah and so that you know, usually works with a mechanism that's on a rod that attaches, uh, on the door frame up above at the top of the door. And there are some designs that have a little, it's almost like a little hook. Um, it's not a sharp hook or anything. It's just like where the latch catches. Right. And yeah, I, there, I've heard stories. I didn't see it myself, but I heard stories of a, a kid when I was in high school running down the hall and jumping and like hitting the top of the door frame and he was wearing a ring. Yeah. He was wearing a ring and it caught on that hook and just slid the skin right off of his finger. Like his, his whole finger, just all of the meat stripped off basically. Yep. But he never did that again. (laughs) Yeah. That's a hard lesson to learn. Oh God. (laughs) Not one that's Uh, fun. What else you been up to? Uh, just making stuff. I made, uh, I made my, a Thor's hammer bottle opener. I saw that. That looks very nice. Yeah, as a, a guy at work saw the, the the hammer I made that I actually use for woodworking. I needed a mallet, and I made my own. And then he saw that, and he's like, oh, it's really cool. Can you build me something cool like that? I'm like, well, what I built is out of scrap wood just for, like, actual work. Mm-hmm. Like, I made it to be practical. He's like, well, I kind of want something impractical. I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, what? And we were talking about making just some crazy, like, spike hammer, something really gnarly. And then I was like, what if we make it a bottle opener? Mm. Like, what if we make Thor's hammer bottle opener? Mm. He's like, do it. You do it, I'll buy it. I'm like, all right, I'll go make it. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a Mjolnir bottle opener, but it's just a little thing, you know, with the with the bottle yeah. opener on the on one side of the side of the hammer face. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one, the, that one's the, the hammer head itself was probably eight inches long by about two and a half, three inches wide. Uh-huh. It probably weighs about five pounds. <laughs> That's, it's very, very cool. And you did a great job on it. It's, it's just not yeah, very portable. Really, <laughs> no, no. But he said he's going to hang it in his house. No matter if his wife likes it or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. I like it a lot. It's very fancy. And then, uh, then I made a backpack frame, an old 1800s trapper style backpack frame for someone else. Oh yeah. That came out, that that, that came up pretty, I'm I'm still adding a few little structural pieces to it right now Mm -hmm. that kind of reinforce areas where I think there's going to be the weight is going to be pulling on it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it came out really neat. 
Nice. And the guy wants to actually use it. Like, he's like, I want that, but I want to be able to use it. So I have to keep all that in mind. Very cute. Yeah. That's, uh, that's about it. Well, fancy, fancy. I haven't really done anything of particular note this week. I've been reading a whole lot and learning a whole lot and working a whole lot. Um, I didn't go golfing this week because I was very busy. Uh, yeah. And needed to finish editing the show. It takes me a while to do that, to get the show all edited and done and everything this week. Um, I don't know. It was one of those things where I kept, I kept pushing it off a little bit, like, uh, just delaying, procrastinating, actually getting it done. Like I'd get to, I'd get to where the show was almost complete and then abandon it for a little while. And, Uh-oh. and it was just, I don't know, just so much going on. I kept getting distracted and then in putting together, uh, the clips and, you know, in searching for the, the clip that I included from Brandy and everything and yeah, all of that. And then editing that, it just was kind of, kind of sad and depressing and it wasn't emotional. Yeah. I, I didn't want to sit and dwell there for very long. <laughs> it was, I don't know. Yeah. It was, just it wasn't wasn't a terrific week, and then just with all of the bullshit in the news, I've been drifting from hopeful optimism to pessimistic nihilism back and forth. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's been it's been a not good week, but we're seeing I think good signs, good things coming of some of the terrible, awful, no get, no good, really bad news that we're hearing. Um, we'll be I mean, talking about a lot of that today. What were you going to say? I say good news is most all the protests that have been going on lately. I mean, we had, we had a couple of nights of some bad stuff happen, mm-hmm. but it seems like the, the groups that are actually out there for the actual cause have, have weeded out those people. And it, there's been a lot of positive protests. Yeah, there have been. Uh, despite the police interaction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've, I don't know, I keep waffling back and forth on the manner in which different people are protesting and, and what is effective. And I think I've just kind of landed on it takes all kinds of protest. You know, whether it, it, it's, it, whether it's a, it does, a little bit a, of rioting. There's a certain and, level of... Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not for the rioting, but I think there's a certain level of social disobedience that needs to be applied in in protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a there's a certain like I was watching the ones in Salt Lake uh, on a live stream, and they kept pushing the cops and pushing the cops and pushing the cops, and the cops were getting ready to arrest them, and then finally the guy's like, "All right, we, th- we think we pushed enough tonight." If you want us to go home, we'll go home. Mm-hmm. And they all dispersed and went home. Like they pushed the curfew thing for a good two hours yeah. and then went home. Like, yeah, we pushed. We, we and nothing was, there's no fighting. No, nothing got broken. Uh, granted, the protesters were pretty cornered by the police at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, yeah, we'll go. We don't want to see anything bad happen. We don't want to see any violence. We don't want to see, you know, having to have tear gas shot down the street probably. And, 
and the leader of the protest got up there and talked them, talked the cops down, talked the crowd down, and they all went home. Like, I think that was a success. It had a level of social disobedience where they're saying, fuck you, we're not going to listen to your curfew. We want to get our voices heard. You're not going to silence us. And they, they did their thing and no one got hurt. Yeah, well, and I noticed that, um, you know, Salt Lake Mayor Aaron Mendenhall initially said that she was going to be instituting a curfew that would last all week long. You know, yeah. the, the curfew she had initially put in place, well, now she was modifying it so that it was going to be every day all week long. And then, you know, what was it? F- either when, it was Wednesday, Thursday, I think it was Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. I don't know. It, yeah. Time, time blends. It was early. <laughs> anyway, sometime earlier in the week after she had instituted this curfew, I think it had gone on for a couple of days. So it did. It was, I think it was Wednesday that she came out and said, you know, I'm going to end the curfew. Uh, the past couple nights of demonstrations have been largely peaceful. There haven't been, yeah. you know, looting or riots or anything like that. So I think we can do away with the curfew, but. I saw posts related to that that said, you know, don't be fooled by the mayor saying that she's ending this curfew as if it's just all her idea and she's been convinced that, you know, it's it's a terrible idea. It's that the ACLU had filed suit against her for instituting this curfew as an illegal action because you can't you can't just tell people that they can't peaceably assemble indefinitely yeah. or for extended periods of time. You have to have a reasonable justification for doing so. And you know, when you can't insta you can't institute a curfew that's going to last for a week when that isn't responding to some imminent threat on the ground that would need you to create that curfew in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think establishing that curfew after what happened Saturday, get it. Mm. There was violence, there was fires that were set, there's a lot of graffiti. Like okay, we got some this looting down. at that. Uh, the looting at the, the gas station at the Seven Eleven and stuff. Well, at the Mormon Mall. Yeah, I can't think that, of the I name of the saying, fucking okay. shopping center now. But yeah, there was there was looting there. But then they they they, they extended Creek. it. Yeah, but nothing else was going wrong. Like you extended this, and everything else. Like there was one night of violence, and everything else was peaceful. Yet you're extending it when it's been peaceful ever since. Mm-hmm. Like if the if the violence and destruction was ongoing, I could see that being a justification to say we're going to instill a curfew. Mm-hmm. But when that stuff wasn't ongoing, it had stopped quick. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the justification in continuing the curfew. Yeah, and that's that's why the ACLU had filed a lawsuit. Like yeah. you can't, you yeah, can't. That's why they have a justification to file it. Yeah, yeah, because basically. You know, laying down a curfew like that uh, could be seen as a tactic to trample on the First Amendment rights of people to peacefully yeah. assemble. And so, if you're if you're trying to stop the protest, yeah, if you're trying to stop protesting, you well then sure just pass a curfew that you can't even be out and protest. Yeah. So. So yeah, I think she probably she seems to be a pretty decent person. Uh, you know, everybody's going to make mistakes. They're going to try to do their best. Uh, I think she's, I think she's at her core, a decent person who's trying to do, trying to do good in the world. 
and overstepped and hopefully it was just a change of mind. She realized that it wasn't necessary versus, you know, the, the more cynical view that it was only because of the lawsuit, but yeah, we'll never I really mean, know, I guess. And I don't know if she, she extended it because, you know, the stress of it or if it, she thought it was right at the time or what, what the reasoning for it was. Cause she's new. She's not, she's a new mayor. Mm-hmm. She's only been there. She hasn't even been it. Has it even been a year? No, no. She was just elected last year. Yeah. So yeah, she's fire under the gun. Fire. <laughs> and she, yeah, she, she, I think she made a mistake by extending it. I don't think it was the right decision. Mm. Um, I don't think bringing the national guard in was the right decision either. No, I don't. Yeah. I totally agree with you there. We have lots of things to talk about today. We'll try to get to some of them on the other side of this little break. Okay. Do you give people who make this case that that was the beginning and that there had to be something that provoked the beginning? Do you give them an A at least for trying to reconcile faith and reason? Um, I don't think they're reconcilable. What do you mean? Well, well, so let me say that differently. All efforts that have been invested by brilliant people of the past have failed at that exercise. They just fail. And so I don't, I, I don't, the track record is so poor that going forward I have essentially zero confidence, near zero confidence, that there will be fruitful things to emerge from the effort to reconcile them. Hi, this is Allison Gill. I'm Vice President for Legal and Policy for American Atheists, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. And we're back after some technical difficulties. We had yeah, we had, we had a little bit of a I break. I sound between. a little different. Yeah, yeah. Ryan sounds a little different because uh, you couldn't hear me very well, so I switched over to my phone. You know, I turned the Wi-Fi off, so I'm just running off of data, which I have unlimited of. So I'm good to go. Uh, and I got a good signal, so that's good. I wonder. I honestly wonder sometimes, like when it's bad weather, mm. if that does screw with stuff, or just the fact that everyone's home and we know how internet works. <laughs> More people on there just suck gobbling up all of the internet. Yeah, and I mean, you got way better internet at your house than I do. Oh yeah, what have you got? Well, what kind of speeds have you got there? I've got Comcast, which I usually get on like on my own router that I bought that has the booster built into it. I can get right around 150 meg. Mm-hmm. That's so, pretty good, but it's nowhere near what you get. Yeah, well, I'm I'm that's kind up, of fortunate. That's upload my my that's my download speed. My upload speed's only like eight. Oy. That stinks. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty spoiled get, here. I, I can get 10 if I buy the next package up. <laughs> oh, you should totally do that then. Fucking Comcast. Yeah, no, I'm really glad that I don't have to deal with them anymore. Oh, I hate them so much. They're, they're like the only decent option I have around here. Yeah. That, <sighs> yeah. Broadband uh, is, is, difficult to get in some portions of Utah here. I'm very lucky in that I have, I, I happen to live in an area that has fiber available. So I have fiber routed directly to my house, my own individual yeah. line. And I have a one gig connection 
both up and down. So yeah, I'm, I'm fairly Seems fortunate like, in that, in that area. Like a quarter of the cities around me, directly around me have it, but we don't. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Not yep. good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, so we're, we're back and that's a good thing. <laughs> there was, yeah. there was, there was some, some issues there for a minute, but I'm, I'm glad I can hear you again now. Uh, and you have a couple stories that you wanted to share. I I got this one, which I thought was, uh, on one hand, you know, I think about how I'm going to say stuff as I'm saying it. Oh yeah. I never noticed that. Everyone always kind of says that like, like, like protests don't work. Who says that? I I hear people say it all the time. Like it it doesn't do anything. It's not going to help. You're not Uh, helping anybody. Protests don't work. Yeah. Which I say bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but this week, U.S. Marine Corps orders all Confederate flags banned, including bumper stickers, mugs, and T-shirts. Woohoo! It's about amid, fucking time. I know. Amid heightened racial tensions spilling over due to the protests against the death of George Floyd, the United States Marine Corps has banned all depictions of the Confederate battle flag and its installations. Uh, a Marine administrative message, a Mar, a Mar admin. I guess that's a Marine administrative message (laughs) outlined the ban, which would even prohibit wearing Marines wearing Marines t-shirts or drinking coffee mugs that feature the flag uh, on installations in the U S and abroad. Marine commanders will have to find and get rid of any displays of the flag within workspaces, which they shouldn't fucking be there and public areas on their installations and must uh, exercise best judgment and direction when conducting inspections. No other military branches had announced such a policy, uh, which comes as the U.S. Army faced criticism for not renaming bases named after Confederate leaders, according to the military.com. Uh, the Confederate battle flag has all too often been co-opted by violent extremists and racist groups who, uh, diverse, whose diverse beliefs have no place in the Corps, the Marine statement said. This presents a threat to our core values, unit cohesion, security, and good order and discipline. This must be addressed. That's awesome. So I think that's awesome. I mean, the Marines are taking the step to be like, yeah, that's not a place. I mean, it's a lot of people are like, well, what's wrong with the Confederate flag? It's, it's pride in their heritage. It's like, yeah, but your heritage is fucking shitty. <laughs> are you going to say the same thing? For someone who takes pride in their Nazi heritage? Yeah, no, I think that's Probably fucking not. awesome. I and, and what kills me is that, you know, them just banning that now is a clear indication of the systemic racism that we have here in the yeah. United States. That in the year 2020, they're just now getting around to saying, you know what? Hey, maybe we shouldn't have the Confederate flag used as a symbol anywhere in our armed forces because that flag is a symbol of people who wanted to secede from the union because they wanted to maintain people as property. They wanted to keep slaves and that was in their declaration of war. Yeah. And continuing and allowing or allowing the continued use of that by anybody in the armed forces has always seemed incredibly fucking stupid and dangerous to me. So I'm really glad to see that they've made that change. Yeah. I mean, I find it, I still find it crazy to say they have to remove the flags from their office spaces. I didn't, 
realize, like... Yeah, why the fuck do they have... That would be allowed. Why do they have why a the traitorous have flag a hanging flag? in their offices in the first place? Yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, you won't allow other flags, maybe. Yeah, well, and a lot of a lot of know, Southerners, it, you know, wave the Confederate flag around and talk yeah. about that it's their heritage and their history, and it's like, okay, but that heritage and history is about being fucking racist. It's yeah. about trying to maintain control of individual people as property, as saying that black people are less than, and saying that to the point of saying, if you won't let me keep black people as slaves, I'm going to leave the country. I'm going to make my entire state, this entire section of this landmass, an area now where it's okay to keep owning people. And yeah. that's, that's used <laughs> as a, as a point of pride by people in the South. What the fuck is that about? And then refer it to as the war of Northern aggression. Yeah. <laughs> They're being aggressive and telling us that we can't keep slaves. I mean, this, this reminds me of the guy who, I can't remember which news station, it might have been a local station, it could have been a national station, but we're at the guy's house, and he had, the whole front yard was just adorned with Confederate flags, Confederate everything, and the news reporter's talking to him, and she says, you know the South lost the war, and he <laughs> looks at her like, what? <laughs> or, Wait, no they didn't. <laughs> they won like that was the first time he had heard that the confederates were the losers that they were defeated and racism is not okay <laughs> yeah I, i'm really really glad to see that they're that they've made that change that should be across all branches all of military. our military yeah yeah which in order for that to happen because it's not going to happen trump's not going to do it Trump's not going to ban the use of the Confederate flag in the armed forces, which he could, mm -hmm. because that is one thing an executive order can do. He's the commander in chief. Uh, he can he can tell the the yeah. military forces that they can't use racist symbols <laughs> wherever yep. they may be. Uh, yeah. Well, so uh, moving on, what was the what was the other the other story that you had for us? We all know Trump uh, changes his mind quite often on things. I guess. Mm-hmm. And, for, and, and forgets that he does that. Mm -hmm. So he flip flops Colin a Powell, little bit. Yeah. So so Colin Powell said he's going to vote for Biden. Yay! So like, oh, cool. Trump did not like that. So the first tweet he put out is just basically. I'll just read it. Somebody please tell highly overrated Colin Powell that I will have gotten almost. 300 federal jobs approved, a record, two great Supreme Court justices. Oh, you mean 300 federal judges, right? Like you said, jobs. Oh, did I? Yeah, I meant judges. Uh, rebuilt our once depleted military, chose for vets. I don't know what that means. Uh, biggest ever tax and regulations cuts, saved health care and 2A Second Amendment. Oh, and he much saved more. the Second Amendment. He saved it. It was going to go away. Yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't. Then an hour later, he tweets out Colin Powell, a real stiff who was very responsible for getting us into the disastrous Middle East wars, just announced he will be voting for another stiff, sleepy Joe Biden. Didn't Powell say that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction? They didn't. But off we went to war. 
so you know that made me want to go look like what what was trump's stance on the iraq war yeah i'm pretty sure he was With, he uh, well i think uh, i think he went on howard stern and said that he wasn't that he didn't really have an opinion either way because he's fucking ignorant and stupid and then later yeah. and then later started issuing things about oh yeah i think we should totally go in there and steal all their fucking oil yeah yeah so in in uh september of 2002 he went on the howard stern show where he was asked about that and he said for invading iraq yeah yeah i guess so i wish the first time was done correctly uh, yeah meaning that he, he he thought we should have taken all of the oil or just maintained a presence there and kept all the oil basically invaded and taken over the country and made it ours and raped all of its natural resources. Yeah. But he wasn't voicing that yet. But in, uh, in 2000, in his book, the America we deserve, uh, Trump argued that a military strike in Iraq might be necessary. Trump wrote that the U S still did not know the true status of Iraq's nuclear program. He then wrote, I'm no warmonger, but the fact is, if we decide to strike against Iraq is necessary, it is madness not to carry the mission to the conclusion. When we don't, we have the worst of all worlds. Iraq remains a threat and now has more incentive to strike us. And what the fuck does he think uh, is the conclusion that we need to come to? Like that we're not seeing question. it through to conclusion. Well, what is that conclusion? What does he view as the conclusion for a war there? Which kind of gets muddied nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, as war evolves, we no longer keep the property to ourselves the way war used to be. Yeah. I mean, is he talking about so, wiping out all of that country's inhabitants? Like what the fuck does he mean by we have to see it through to its conclusion? Yeah. And he never voices it. It's it's one of his no. rhetorical tricks that he uses all the time is he he hints at something and then what follows is whatever people want to fill in that void that he's not voicing. So then you can yeah. you can put in whatever fucking nonsense you want and then he can go back and put in whatever nonsense he wants and he can change it all the time. Because he never yeah, states like anything this, this, plainly and clearly. Yeah, does he want to incorporate Iraq and part of the U.S. and strip their oil, like we've heard say uh, in more recent years, we mm. don't know. But in that in his 2000 book, uh, he continued, "I am being contradictory here by presenting myself as a deal maker and then recommending preemptive strikes. I don't think so. There's nothing really comparable to unleashing a squadron of bombers." But in the world of business, sometimes you have to make a quick, secret, decisive move in order to gain a negotiating advantage. What does that say about him? Well, and who the fuck does he think he's negotiating with by bombing? Like, you know, it, it makes sense that nobody else understands what he's talking about either because he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But I think that the, the two words in there that kind of speak to his mentality a little bit are quick and secret. Mm-hmm. You want to do it fast and you want to do it secretly. So that way you can take advantage of a situation. Well, and this is the same asshole who basically threatened to carry out war crimes by saying that if someone was suspected of being tied to a terrorist organization, that we should kill their family members. Yeah. Fucking or labeling a whole political movement such as Antifa as 
uh, a terrorist organization. Yeah, when it's not an organization <laughs> that can, that you can even it label, is. there's no formal structure for it at all. No. As a segue, that kind of lead bleeds into something that I wanted to mention really quick. Uh, friend yeah. of the show, a frequent guest, and one of our friends, Taylor Grin, posted some information about Antifa or Antifa, as as it is more properly said, <laughs> I believe. Uh, but he made a post and he said, all right, I want to give you a brief on Antifa, what it is, what they do, where they come from. Should you be scared of them? Why do I keep changing between singular and plural? Summary. Antifa isn't an international organization. It's the name for a large swath of independent, autonomous, anti-fascist groups that counter protest against white supremacists. There are as many Antifa ideologies as there are members of Antifa. Not everyone who is anti-fascist is Antifa either. Not in the historical usage of the term. Your grandpa wasn't Antifa, but he was probably anti-fascist. Antifa, pronounced Antifa, not Antifa, is short for anti-fascist action. Do you know the... Do you know that phrase? I may not agree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Antifa would say, nope. If your speech advocates for the disenfranchisement of people based on their immutable characteristics or advocates genocide, we are going to fight against your right to advocate for those things, mostly in public forums. I have seen searching extensively for the last three years, or I have been searching extensively for the last three years and have not found a single case where Antifa activist killed someone. Primarily, Antifa shows up to white supremacist events and counter-protests, often forming human shields to interpose between Nazis and peacefully protesting liberals. Antifa are not organized the way the Proud Boys or the KKK or the Aryan Brotherhood are. Antifa are conceptually organized by their tactics and and shared philosophical heritage. But any given regional Antifa group is an autonomous collective. They're almost always anarchists and more often than not are socialist or communist politically. As an aside, anarchism is not chaos and destruction, but really just libertarianism taken to its most anti-statist conclusion. Uh, I added the word conclusion there. Anarchists would say that society should be governed at a very small level of direct democracy. That said, there are exceptions like American Iron Front, which is anti-fascist and anti-communist. Antifa has its origin in pre-World War II Europe when fascist gangs began terrorizing Jews, socialists, and union workers in Western Europe. Anti-fascist action groups were then-controversial gangs of anarcho-socialists who decided to fight back against proto-brown shirts. During the resurgence of neo-Nazis, especially in the 80s, Antifa groups sprung up again. A lot of punk cultures come from the clash between Antifa punks and Nazi punks. Have you ever used the term bonehead? Yeah, well, Antifa punks started shaving their heads so no one could pull their hair in a fight, and in solidarity with working class style. Original skinheads were Antifa with all the, with all the black and spikes and boots. Then, like they do with everything, the Nazis ripped off their motif. Antifa punks would call them boneheads to disassociate themselves with the Nazi punks. Given that you probably think Nazi when you hear skinhead, it wasn't successful PR. Today's Antifa are dozens if not hundreds of small, mostly regional groups that crop up in response to local presence of white supremacists, 
especially where those white supremacists openly commit or threaten violence against minorities or where they stage large protests. And Antifa doesn't always violently protest. Historically, some Antifa groups have shown up to white supremacist rallies dressed as clowns and ensure that none of the photos taken from the event can look intimidating because there's a clown in the picture. Making Nazis look stupid when they're trying to get good PR can be more effective than punching a Nazi. <laughs> than punching a Nazi. Excuse me. As I said before, Antifa groups will also form human shields between white supremacists and peaceful protesters, so the peaceful protesters feel safer and can focus on messaging. Other Antifa groups are digital, like Unicorn Riot, which insinuate themselves into white mm-hmm. supremacist forums and websites, then revealing individuals saying unbelievably racist things to their, fam- to their friends, family, and employers, or undermining their ability to recruit angry young men to their cause. Part of the reason Antifa gets a bad rap is because their motif is synced with non-Antifa anarchists, or because as anarchists, they have members with, with split loyalties. Some guys dressed in black do want to smash the state. When Antifa members do property damage, absolutely they're to blame. You won't see me excusing that behavior, unless, of course, the property damage is a swastika flag or similar. They're also a convenient target for conservatives because most most Antifa activists are leftists. Finally, it's worth noting that because Antifa members wear all black and face masks to protect so they can't be identified for future harassment by white supremacists, it's very easy to masquerade as them. During the current protests, Identity Europa, now American Identity Movement, a fascist organization, created a fake Antifa account that threatened indiscriminate violence on Twitter, which was quickly removed when Twitter performed analysis to determine it was a spoofed account. Antifa shouldn't have to exist, but until fascists stop demonstrating and threatening people, Antifa will show up to fight them. There is no data that I've found that Antifa have caused death or massive property damage, and in counter-protesting, they only give back as much as they get. For more info, I recommend Antifa by Mark Bray. And then he concludes it with uh, saying, I do not have an association with Antifa. I just research fascism and far-right extremist groups and wanted to clear some things up. Feel free to share this. So I did. I posted it on my timeline because I had a yeah. lot of great information in there and wanted to share it with uh, friends of the show also. Yeah, I had, before he'd even post that, I had done some like internet diving and some researching on some other groups. One of them was the Boogaloos, which is a new one I, I learned about. The Boogaloo Boys, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But the other big one uh, was the uh, Black Block. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if you heard of them or not. I know that I've heard which, the name or the term, but I'm not sure what it is. So, they also take on the tactic of wearing all black to disguise who they are. And a lot of them do have a crossover with uh, the ant. Tifa, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the way you said it, <laughs> uh, groups. Because a lot of them are all, they're also anti-fascist, but the black bloc tactics are, from what I could see kind of delving into the groups, is more of the, they want to, they're the ones that believe that, well, you need to have violence. That nothing gets done without being a little violent. Mm-hmm. And they're also not just strictly uh, anti-fascist. There are uh, the libertarian mindset of being like, we think the government is overstepping and we want to like rein them in. So they're the groups that kind of go out and 
devise ways like, oh, well, if we mix this and this and this together, we can make this little bomb that we can throw at the, at the, the cops and the, uh, the riot police. And we, you know, they're the ones that directly go out there to clash with the police to start actions of starting fires, flipping cars over, uh, causing mass chaos and stuff. Hmm. So where the Antifa groups, like you said, basically, uh, specifically kind of target, uh, the, the racist, uh, white supremacist, uh, the black block groups are more of like, no, we want to intentionally go out there and push the cops, push back, uh, run the streets, cause chaos, you know, break out of their boundaries and, and make the cops work harder at what they're trying to accomplish. So that's where when, like a lot of these protests with a lot of violence that goes on, I'm like, that's not really Antifa's motif. They might agree 100% with the Antifa mindset, but they're kind of seem more like the black block protesters who bring the weapons. Like the, you see the guys breaking, taking the sledgehammers, breaking up concrete to throw at the, at the cops. Mm. That's more of a black block tactic from what I've seen. Mm. Not Antifa. Mm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to me that our president who says that he is not a fascist and that he is not racist is quick to condemn a group that is anti-racist and anti-fascist. Meanwhile, he yeah. has not declared the Aryan Brotherhood or the KKK uh, terrorist organizations. He specifically named an organization that is anti-fascist as a terrorist organization, which to me means that he is anti-anti-fascist because he's a fucking fascist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had someone tell me that Antifa is a fascist group because they're trying to quell people's speech. And that is fascism. <laughs> I guess you could view it that way. If you're a fucking asshole or stupid or like, ignorant no, to all of our history or world history. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you believe all speech is equal, I can see that. But if you agree with the speech of a racist white supremacist group, and you say they should be allowed to speak. No, I don't think all speech should be protected. Yeah, or that or that you believe that what? there, you know, or that you believe that there are ideas like racism could be a good thing. No, that yeah. that is not no. a debate that I am willing to have with anybody because that's just fucking wrong. That's not worthy of debate. And if you believe in that group's right to go out and say racism is okay, you should agree for the group's right to go out there and say fuck you, it's not. Yeah, and, and them exercising their speech to say, no, fuck you, it's not, and I'm not going to allow you to say that kind of bullshit. Yeah, I'm not going to stand by and let you preach your fucking racist rhetoric. Yeah, your hateful, awful, evil, racist rhetoric should not be espoused anywhere because it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, and yeah. it's destructive. Well, we have some good news we'll talk about on the other side of this break it's uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll leave you hopefully a little bit more happy as we've angered you yeah, throughout the I, show <laughs> i think when i discovered this last piece it made dan happy yeah yeah it was it was great i was gonna go on a tear about something else but it turned out to be a happy story in the end so we'll talk about that when we get back hey all you have to say is, science is a philosophy of discovery, intelligent design is a philosophy of ignorance. That's all. I don't need to see, whether, I don't need, have you discovered anything lately? If not, get out of the science classroom.
Hey everybody, I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter Day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm-hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? We do. You're supposed to jump in. Sorry. Just jump in any time. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. We are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for Latter Day Lesbian, where your favorite podcast can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Okay, we're back, and we have a couple items of good news. Uh, At least a couple. We may get more in, depending on how long we talk about it, whatever. But the first bit that I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail on, but I was just very encouraged by very happy to hear this news that uh iowa republican representative steve king has lost his primary race so he is no longer going to be a member of congress you said that incorrectly what did i say iowa racist loses his (laughs) his election yes yeah he's a racist dickbag who's been in congress for way too fucking long like i can't believe that that news outlets were allowing him anywhere near their shows at all, other than maybe to try to highlight how fucking racist Steve King is because every time he appeared anywhere, he ended up some saying something horrifically fucking racist that left most people's jaws agape as they sat there staring at a monster who they, who they had invited on set with them. Fox News, they agreed with everything you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. There, there was a story earlier in the week about Fox News posting a graphic that... Oh, yeah. You know, illustrated basically how the murder of black people can sometimes be a good thing because it makes the, the stock economy. market go up. And it had this graphic with different, you know, names of different uh, people of color who have been murdered and then how much the S and P 500 went up after their murders. I just, I couldn't honestly believe that it was a real thing for a long time. I had to go in search of other sources for it and Holy shit. I can't fucking believe they published something like that. Like, well, yeah, I guess I can believe it (laughs) in a sense that I had always viewed Fox news as being a racist pile of garbage, but I didn't think that they would make it quite so blatant and overt obvious obvious that they are a fucking racist organization. Holy shit. Anyway, it's it's kind of like Trump saying Floyd is probably looking down at these awesome job numbers. Oh my God. Yeah. They're this, (laughs) this whole week has just been a parade, a cavalcade of, racist dumb fucks showing themselves to be racist dumb fucks like unforced errors on their part because they were only too gleefully celebrating different racist ideas that they had in their head and holy shit just the the number of people crawling out of the fucking woodwork to be racist as fuck has been disappointing but there have been some points of happiness and 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 a a genuine new understanding from different people one of which is drew Brees, and this will be the 
story that we'll be talking about for the remainder of the show is my guess. I, I had made a couple posts out on Facebook earlier this week because Drew Brees had posted some very insensitive things. Uh, I was in a uh, interview that he said this, and this is just the, just the portion of the interview where he's asked a question and then provides an answer that was holy cow bad. <laughs> so here yeah. we go. Everyone is looking back now at Kaepernick's protests from a few years ago, and obviously they were always about police brutality. And now it's coming back to the fore, and a lot of people expect that we will see players kneeling again even when the NFL season starts. I'm curious how you think the NFL will and should respond to that. And, of course, you're such a leader in the league. Uh, What is your responsibility as a leader uh, in times like this for the rest of your teammates and, and players in the league? And you'll notice that the interviewer specifically said that taking a knee and these protests were about violence against people of color, right? Like he spelled it out in his question that that's what this is about. And then Drew Brees says this. Well, I I will, I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, Let me, let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played. And when I look at the, the flag of the United States and then he went on to talk about relatives, you know, grandfathers and whomever who had served in the military and, you know, putting his hand over his I'll heart when the cry. national anthem is played and staring at the flag and jerking off on it or whatever the fuck he wants to do. But, <laughs> but like completely missing the interviewer's point that he, I mean, he stated it right in the fucking question about the yeah. the protests being racial about, injustice. yeah, being about racial injustice. And Drew Brees just completely misses all of that and has missed all of that since it started in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and goes on this tirade about how I'll never agree with anybody who disrespects the flag when that's not at all what it's about and has never been about that for years. And he didn't fucking know that. So he said this. I mean, if I'm. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if I remember correctly, Colin Kaepernick actually asked people in the military, what's the most respectful way to do this? And they said, take a knee. Yeah, I I can't remember exactly how it came about, but I know that it was uh, a service member who told him that, you know, if you want to protest peacefully and with respect, take a knee. So that's what Colin Kaepernick did. And even that was not good enough for a bunch of ignorant, racist, dumb fucks. I get a little ragey about this topic. Um, But. So, so he, you know, Drew Brees has had this in his mind for years incorrectly. And his comments here in this interview really set a lot of people off. Like it, it really angered and hurt a lot of people, including his own teammates. Um, yeah. Shortly after, uh, Drew Brees's comments were published, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, one of his teammates, uh, posted an Instagram video that was just heart-wrenching, very, very uh, emotional. And during it, he said, Drew Brees, if you don't understand how hurtful and how insensitive your comments are, you are part of the problem. To think mm-hmm. that because your grandfather served in this country and you have a great respect for the flag, that everybody else should have the same ideals and thoughts that you do is ridiculous. And... um LeBron James, 
uh, wrote, you literally still don't understand why Cap was kneeling on one knee. He absolute has absolutely nothing to do with disrespect of the flag and our soldiers who keep our land free. My father-in-law was one of those. So there were, there were all kinds of sports personalities and figures coming out condemning the, the hurtful things that Drew Brees had said. And I think, you know, and that was in the news for a little while. And yeah. then and I honestly think Drew Brees is, was probably a little ignorant. Oh, he absolutely. Didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. He was absolutely ignorant about it. I mean, that's made clear by the comments he made. Like, like I said, yeah. the, the interviewer specifically putting, <laughs> putting the part about racial, racial justice in his question and Drew Brees, and Drew Brees still not even noticing it when the question was asked and then making yeah. it all about the flag and disrespect. Like he was clearly fucking ignorant about all of that. And it has taken him years, you know, years after the fact of these protests starting, he was still fucking ignorant about it. And so everybody mm-hmm. got really, really upset. And I think Drew Brees saw how upset people were and still in a state of ignorance issued a non-pology. Uh, he attempted to make an apology, but it was clear that he still didn't fucking get it. And I, I made a post saying that, that, you know, I, I think I just yeah. posted a link to his, uh, quote unquote, un apology or his non-pology. And I just, you know, my caption for it was just that Drew Brees still doesn't get it. And that's because Drew Brees in his non-pology said, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. In an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that somehow I am an enemy. This could not be further from the truth and is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand. I stand with the black community in the fight against systemic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference. I condemn the years of oppression that have taken place throughout our black communities and still exist today. I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for that equality or to truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I am part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement, which the gall of that statement pissed me off, that he can be a leader for the black community. Uh, anyway, his, no. his comments continue and say, I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise black children in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. Again, tone deaf and ignorant. It continues and says, I have always been an ally, never an enemy. Again, ignorant. You, you do not determine that you're an ally. The people that you are an ally to determine if you're an ally. I am sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full uh, that. Yeah. So I am sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize that I should do less talking and more listening, 
and when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen. For that, I am very sorry, and I ask your forgiveness. That's the end of his statement, his non-apology. And I I highlighted a couple of things that I thought were problematic in it with it uh, while I was talking. The main takeaway here that everybody should realize is that at no point did he say that he was wrong about what the protests were about in the first place. He still didn't fucking get that it's not about disrespecting the flag it's not it that's that has nothing at all to fucking do with it he did not acknowledge that it was a non-violent means of protest to bring to attention racial injustice in this country nowhere at all was that addressed in his quote-unquote apology and then a lot of the other things he said in there were just so completely tone deaf and ignorant of the things that have been going on that it's clear he didn't pay any attention to it at all. Like he had it in his mind what Kaepernick's actions and form of protest were and were not. And he shut everything else out. He wasn't listening to anybody else. He figured he had everything down. And so I was really angry and made a post about it. And what were you going to say? I was saying, but apparently he had a sit down with his teammates. Yes. So you got to have a converse, a real conversation with them. I got the other tweet up right now. If you want me to read it. Yes, please. Or, or talk. About so, so he, so this was put out about 24 hours after everything else happened. And as we know, Donald Trump hates people who kneel for the flag and Donald Trump loves Drew Brees. Yeah. Well, and, and real so, quick, we should also mention that Donald Trump says that he's all about supporting people who, you know, supporting people's right to protest as long as it's, as long as they are nonviolent in doing so. But he sends his vice president to an NFL game who then walks out of the game when people take a knee in nonviolent protests. So fuck off with that bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, and the tweet he put out on Friday, which the, he has an image that just says to president Trump. The, through my ongoing conversations with friends, teammates, and leaders in the black community, I realize this is not an issue about the American flag. It has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. We did this back in 2017, and regretfully, I brought it back with my comments this week. We must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issue of systemic racial injustice, economic oppression, police brutality, judicial and prison, and prison reform. We are at a critical junction in our nation's history. It is not now, then, or if not now, then when. We as a white community need to listen and learn from the pain and suffering of our black communities. We must acknowledge the problems, identify the solutions, and then put them into action. The black community cannot do this alone. Uh, this will require all of us. Yes, which is much better. so much better than his initial statement. It still has some rough edges that I'm hoping he'll continue to work on, but it's so much better. And he published that yeah. and addressed it to the president specifically. Like it's a graphic on Instagram. That says to President yeah. Trump, and he did so because 
Trump had earlier written, I'm a big fan of Drew Brees. And this was after Drew Brees made his comments and then his non-pology yeah. and was catching a lot of flack and heat for it. So Donald Trump, dumb fuck that he is, comes out and says, I'm a big fan of Drew Brees. I think he's truly one of the great quarterbacks, but he should not have taken back his original stance on honoring our magnificent American flag, old glorious to be revered, cherished, and flown high. We should stand. We should be standing up straight and tall, ideally with a salute or a hand on heart. There are other things you can protest, but not our great American flag. No kneeling, in all caps. And so President Trump clearly doesn't get it either, or he does and is choosing to still just be a flaming racist douchebag. It could be both. It could be that he doesn't get it and he's a flaming racist douchebag and doesn't fucking care. Um, but he clearly is doing his usual thing of sowing division. And so Drew Brees posted that much better response and addressed it directly to the president because dumb fuck president had written that and Brees was responding directly to that. So I thought that was great news. I thought it's, it's wonderful that he is coming around on this issue after having some, some heart to heart chats with his teammates. Yeah, and even one of his teammates put it on Twitter, my quarterback, and then retweeted his spot, response, like, yeah, we, you get it now. You understand. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I think, it's, I think it's important to highlight when people do turn around and make positive progress when they recognize that they're wrong about something because it means that they are less wrong. They are, they are doing things now and moving in a more positive direction that will hopefully have better outcomes for everybody else whose lives they happen to touch. So I, I, well, especially when it's, when it's a person like Drew Brees who does have a lot of social influence. Yeah, absolutely. And is as the quarterback for his team is, you know, one of the leaders for the team and, you know, uh, the, uh, some of the great qualities of wonderful leaders are that they listen to the people that they're representing and, make change if they are incorrect about something. It's not that they, you yeah. know, leaders lead sure. And people will follow, but they're not going to follow somebody who's so fucking wrong. And we see that with Donald Trump and a lot of the people that have been abandoning him this week, which is also good news <laughs> Yeah, that well, let's see just today. Colin Powell said that he is going to be voting for Joe Biden. Uh, George W. Bush said that he is not going to be voting for Donald Trump. Which surprised me. Uh, Like I could see him doing it. I could see him doing it in private, but vocalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that they speak out. I mean, I think George W. Bush was an awful, terrible fucking president. One of the dumbest people we've ever had in office. I thought, I think he was the dumbest president we've had in office. Until our current president. Until? Yeah. <laughs> Until the orange menace arrived on the scene. Uh, I would love to have him back. Uh, compared to what we have he now? Pushed- yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have such disdain for our current president because he's such a stain on humanity. He's he's the worst. He's really the fucking worst. Uh, and we he- can't, like, the sooner he's out of office, the better. Like, November can't get here as fast as I want it to. But 
you're not thinking of the right date. What? Oh, January. January. Yeah. Well, I mean, just knowing that he will be leaving office, like that will carry me through the rest of the year. You know, after once, after the election and the results are announced, just knowing that he will no longer be president will brighten the rest of the year for me, for sure. It will give me but something to look forward the, to. Here's, here's the problem. Uh-huh. He also knows he won't be president by January. I think he's coming to that realization or that it's a real There's possibility. There's a lot of least. damage you can do between November and January. True. This and was supposed to be the happy part of the show. like the guy that, like, if you were getting evicted from your house, uh-huh. Donald Trump's the motherfucker that would burn the house to the ground. Mm-hmm. So no one else can have it. My toy, not yours. Oh, uh, yeah. He's the kind of person that when they get evicted would, like, smear shit on the walls and flood the house yeah. and steal the appliances. Yeah. 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 He's that guy. Oh, yeah. So that's my... Is what kind of childish antics is he going to pull when he loses? I'm going to start saying when. Yeah. And, and I think it will be a when, um, recent polling has Biden up anywhere between seven and 10%, depending on the polls. I think, I think the average was a little over the, the average of the most recent polls is a little over 7% in favor of Biden, which is more than double the, the lead that, uh, Hillary Clinton had over Trump going into the election at this time. Another thing that this was from a New York times, um, article. Let me make sure I'm on the right article. No, I, uh, where is it? Where is it? There it is. Uh, so Joe Biden apparently is at a milestone that is hardly ever reached during the elections. Yeah. What was that? Uh, he's hovering at 50% in the polls, which Hillary Clinton never got close to. And the only other person to ever hover around 50% in the polls was Jimmy Carter in 1976, who won. Mm-hmm. So historically, Biden is on a pace that is higher than most other candidates have ever been at, at this point. Oh, yeah. And in, he's leading Trump in every demographic and by much yeah. larger numbers than Clinton. I mean, he's his uh, Biden's numbers uh, among Women voters are much higher than Clinton's among people of color are much higher uh, among college educated. People are much higher. Even among those without a college education are much higher. Uh, the one demographic yeah. where he is suffering a little bit more than Clinton is with the Latinx community. And I think he needs to do some work to shore that up. But in every other demographic that I've seen, he's well above where Hillary Clinton was at this point in the election. So, yeah. All of that is very encouraging, but we still need to make sure that people get out and actually vote. And vote. Yes, according to this, the highest that Clinton ever got to was 42%. So all Trump had to do was sway uh, third-party voters and people who were on the fence. Now he's got to bring back voters. Yeah, now he's he's going to have to bring back some of the uh, disaffected Republicans, a lot of the independents that have left him like he he is pushing people away from him at a rate that I haven't seen any president 
in my lifetime push people away from voting for him. Like he's actively yeah. harming his chances at election because he's such a raging racist dumb fuck. Correct. Which is which is good news in a sense, I guess, because uh, that means he's just speeding his exit from office. So that's good. We just gotta let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see a lot of people like, well, Joe Biden should go out and address this and that and take on Trump more directly. And I'm like, but he doesn't oh. really need to right now. Like he has come out. He's, he's made appearances. He's doing live streaming yeah. things. He, he goes out into public and makes things, you know, he, uh, has appearances with other people who he's thinking about, uh, running as his vice presidential candidate with him. I mean, he's definitely mm -hmm. out there, but he doesn't have to be out there a ton because the more we let Trump air his grievances, the, the worse it is for him. So until that trend starts to, until that trend, you know, starts to change or, or become different, there's really no need for Biden to get out ahead of a lot of this. Yeah. He can, he can speak out on important things, but he doesn't need to address the day-to-day -day bullshit with Trump because Trump is fucking himself. We'll have to wait till what, like September when the debates will probably start happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. We should look up when the debates are, yeah. and and schedule some stuff around that because that'll be interesting. I'm I'm uh, I'm both very much looking forward to it and feeling some trepidation, depending on how things go. I'll have to save some leave for for debate shows because that's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Well, that'll wrap things yeah. up for us this afternoon. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would oh. be Alan Firth. Christy Kalbach. Gatheist. Stephen Andrews. Let Them Eat Kofefe. Two Skeptical Chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. Ali Olson. Utah Outcast. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Botapich. Jeremy Goodson. Jeff Peterson. Megan Mitchell. Tim Jacobson. Janet Huter. Davida Kuna. Purple Dragon. Captain Samples. Corey Ebert. Freethinker215 and Hans uh, Molman support Pennsylvania non-believers. Taylor Grin. I got it. <laughs> and Nico Gonzalez. Yay. Thank you all very much for, for supporting yes. the show. Thank you. We appreciate it very, very much. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can do so by going to patreon.com looking for godless revolution and then signing up to contribute on a per episode basis where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode for fun things like extended episodes, more outtakes, bonus episodes every now and then early releases of the episodes. You get it before everybody else. And just knowing that you're helping us pay the bills to do something that you may be finding beneficial or getting entertainment from, or maybe learning a little bit from our dumb asses. <laughs> but hopefully you're enjoying the show. If you have show ideas or anything, drop us a line and let us know. We, we hear from our yeah. listeners and, and always like hearing from them. Uh, we heard from a new listener a couple of weeks ago that uh, is, is listening to our back catalog stuff, like all of our earliest yeah. episodes yeah. and, and is trying to catch up to everybody. I thought that was cool. in five years. Yeah, he's got he's got some listening to do a little bit of time, um, but yeah, that was awesome. We will be doing a Patreon portion at the end of all of this, where we will be talking about a West Virginia fire chief 
who was fired after he was found to have made a number of inappropriate and inflammatory social media posts about the George Floyd protesters, including wearing a shirt that said all lives splatter with a graphic of a car running people over because that's the thing. Why are you trying to, why are you trying to make us firefighters look bad? (laughs) I don't think I have to try anything Uh there. This this guy's doing it all by himself. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much everybody. And so until next week, crucify racists, leave us a review and fucking vote. And rate the show five times a day toward racial justice.